isn't it? Sometimes, especially mornings like this morning, you just think, do I need to say anything? Do I need to speak? (laughs) So much has happened this morning. It's just felt so lovely to just be in the presence of God and have words brought and what everything Costas was saying. I think I keep telling Costas it's time to preach again and I think, you know, he could have done that this morning and just carried on. Um, What a lovely morning. Um, And very fitting for what I've been thinking of. But before I start... I'm going to say a joke. (laughs) There was a Christian, or a pastor, and he was out for a drive, and he saw this sign, and it said, Christian horse for sale. So he thought, Christian horse? Okay. So he went in, and he saw this, and he thought, oh, what a beautiful, magnificent animal this is. He said to to the guy, I'll take him. He said, why is he a Christian horse? He said, well, when you want him to move, you've got to say, praise the Lord. Oh, okay, okay. So he takes him away, gets on the horse. Come on, giddy up, giddy up. Nothing. Giddy up, come on, let's go. Nothing. Oh, he said, it's Christian, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Off the horse goes. They're having a lovely little trot. All of a sudden, a snake comes along. Right? And also, before this, the guy had said to him, to tell him to stop, you have to say, Amen. So a snake comes in front of him. The horse goes a bit wild, shoots off, keeps going. They're heading towards a cliff. The, guy, the pastor's saying, stop, whoa, stop, whoa. Comes straight to the edge of the cliff. He says, amen, amen. The horse stops. He went, oh, praise the Lord. I've been thinking a lot this morning, uh, actually this week, about the holy mountain and where God is. His presence is so holy. And he told Moses that you're standing on holy ground, take those sandals off. And that's been on my mind for a couple of weeks, actually. So I thought we'd talk about that a little bit this morning. And it's interesting that when we came in, um, some people here actually asked for the song holy and about the presence of God and I thought yeah that's really fitting so I'm going to start by reading in Exodus 3 Moses was tending the flock of Jephro his father-in-law the priest of Midian and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb the mountain of God there was an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it didn't burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and have a look at this strange sight. Why the bush is not burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, he called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land and into a good and spacious land. 
a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I can go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? But God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say, What's his name? What shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God told Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is how I am to be remembered in every generation. Now, I want to stop us there for a minute and just look at that because God himself reveals who he is. He says, I am the God of your ancestors, but I am God now. I am. It's present tense. So it means he was the God of the, ans of the ancestors, but he is the I am. And I am comes with us wherever we go, what, where, whenever it is. It's present tense. So I am means yesterday I was, today I am, and tomorrow when you get there, I am still. It's I am. So we're going to jump forward a little bit after the plagues and after the Israelites do come out of Egypt because we do know that God did rescue them. So chapter 19 carries on. On the first day of the, first, the third month after the Israelites had left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they had set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and God called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now remember what he told Moses. You and the people will worship on this mountain, and that will be the sign that I brought you out. God fulfilled that. He brought them. There's a whole story through it. I'm, I'm sure most of you know it, all the plagues that happened, everything that happened to get them out of slavery. But God fulfilled his word, and he brought them to that very place that he'd said to Moses a long time before. You will bring them here, and you will worship with them. You will worship me on this mountain. When God tells us something, he fulfills it. It carries on. If you obey me fully and you keep my covenant, out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Israel is a holy nation. It is God's people. And there's no denying that because God himself has said it. He has declared it. So Moses went back 
And he spoke with the elders of the people and told them what the Lord had said. The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. Because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch your foot on it. The average person wasn't allowed to even come close. They weren't even allowed to step foot at the, at the base of the mountain. It was so holy. They couldn't look on the face of God. No one could. No one can. But God still told his people, get ready. Cleanse yourself and even your clothes just so they could come close enough to see the presence of God. And there's something about that cleansing before we come into the present that really touched me. You see, Jesus came to cleanse us. He consecrated us and made a way for us to come close to the Father. Isn't that incredible? The Israelites had to clean themselves to come in the presence of God. But we as Gentiles can come close because of the blood of the Lamb, because of the blood of Jesus the Messiah. We have a way of coming close. And we're not the holy nation. We're adopted into God's family. And we have the same rights as them, but we're already cleansed. Isn't that amazing? I kind of understand where Moses said, but who am I? It chokes me up because I think, who am I? Who are we that God loves us so much that he cleansed us? He didn't say to us, right, go away and cleanse yourself, you know, get ready, I'm coming in three days. He did it for us. He cleansed us so that we can come into the presence of God. That just makes me want to cry. That, that chokes me up because, oh my gosh, we are so special. We've been adopted into God's family. 1 Peter tells us, we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, reserved in heaven for those who through faith are shielded by God's power for the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. We are shielded by God's power. Verse 8. Though you haven't seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you rejoice with an inexpressible and glorious joy now that you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Guys, we have salvation and we didn't do anything to deserve it. Wow. Verse 13, therefore, and get this part, prepare your minds for action. Be sober-minded. 
Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not conform to the passions of your former ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Verse 13 said, prepare your minds for action. In other words, get ready and do something. You are a holy people now. I am a holy person. Oh my gosh, that's something. We are holy. Let's not forget that. That's not something small. That is so amazing. That is so significant. We are holy. And sometimes we go off and think, oh, I'll do the shopping. I won't bother going on to the small group or read my Bible or spend time with the Lord or go to church. I'll go and do whatever. Oh my gosh, we've been made holy, guys. And it says, prepare your minds for action. What is that action? Be filled with Holy Spirit. Know it. Tell people that they're loved. Pray for people and see them healed. That's action. And we have every right to do it. Because he's holy and he's called us to be holy. Ephesians 1.4 says... He chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless. In his presence, he predestined us for adoption as his sons through Jesus Christ. Notice again, holy and blameless to be in his presence. There's a reason you're here today, to be reminded who you are in Christ We too are called to be a holy priesthood. Did you know that? We too, we're adopted into that family. They were called to be a holy priesthood. So are we, because we are adopted into the family of God. Jesus chose us before we were born. We didn't choose him. All we had to do was accept him as our saviour. The Israelites were told to cleanse themselves and get ready for God to come in three days. Jesus did it for us so that we can be ready for God's presence to come now. 1 Corinthians says, To those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, sorry, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians verse 4 says, Brothers who are beloved by God, we know that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power, in the Holy Spirit and with great conviction. Someone spoke that to me this morning. As you know, we lived among you for your sake and you became imitators of us and of the Lord when you welcomed the message with joy and the Holy Spirit. In other words, when we accepted the Lord. We're we're imitating the disciples. We're imitating the apostles. We're becoming more like them. We're becoming more like Jesus because he made a way for us to do that, to come into the presence of God. There's a story in Matthew 25 that talks about always being ready. It's the parable of the ten virgins, so I'm going to read that. At the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. 
The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any extra oil. But the wise ones took their oil in their flasks along with their lamps. When the bridegroom was delayed, they became drowsy and they fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. All the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, said the wise one, or there might, there might not be enough for both of us to get there. Instead, you'll have to go and buy some oil for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy it, the bridegroom arrived. Those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other virgins arrived and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, Truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. It's a plain and simple warning, isn't it? We're chosen. We've already been made clean. All we have to do is keep that. Keep that. Get close to the Lord. Stand in his presence. Worship him. Not grow tired or weary, but keep our lamps burning. Because Holy Spirit is already in us. Already given to us. It's a promise. Holy Spirit is in you. If you're not feeling it, it doesn't matter. Holy Spirit is in you. It's your promise. All we have to do is keep his light on the table, not under the table, and shine who we are, who we've been made to be, who we've been created to be, not for our sakes now, but for the world that don't yet know him. And how do we do that? How do we keep our lamps alive do we go to the shop and buy some olive oil? No. We stay in his presence. We praise. We worship. We love. We share words of encouragement. We come to church. We worship him together. It says where two or three are gathered, his presence is there. We come to our small groups. We learn more about the Bible. If, like me, you struggle to find that time, that's your time. Come to those groups and learn. Let's read it together. Let's dedicate time. Do it every morning if you can, <clears throat> every night if you can. But that's how we keep our lamps alive. We spend time with him. The word of God is alive. It brings us life. When we read, when we pray, when we praise, that's how we keep our lamps alive. Is it worth it? Yeah. Because everything has been done for us. Everything has been done. We've been chosen since before the foundation of the world. You've been cleansed. I've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And what he says is, be ready. Get your minds ready. Prepare your minds for action. What's your action going to be today? What do you want it to be? Like Costa said, ask. And receive. What do you want it to be? What do you need it to be? Is there something you need to do? Or do you just say, Lord, I just want more of you? Because when we hunger and we thirst after righteousness, we will be filled. So if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, ask, receive, worship, and receive. We have the most amazing God 
He is so holy, he told Moses to take his shoes off when he came near. Is there anything we need to do to come into his presence? Do we need to take our shoes off? Do we need to repent? Do we just need to say, I love you, Lord? I don't know. What do you need to do? I know what I need to do. He loved us before we even knew he existed. We didn't have to do anything. A creator of the world, the creator who created trees, bushes, flowers, animals, the stars in the sky, the sun, the moon, the world, everything you see about you, everything good you see about you, was created by our God. And he loves you so much, he knows every single hair on your head. He knows everything about you. Yesterday, today and tomorrow, everything he planned for you before the creation of the world will happen, regardless of if you want it to or not. Because it's in the plan. Because he loves you, he wants to bless you, he wants to give you honour. Believe it or not, he wants to honour you for what you do just by showing love 